Hey, Adam, guess what time it is? It's time to crack the customer code. Welcome to episode 65 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Adam Pork, and I'm here with my co-host, culinary expert and top chef <laughs> winner, Jeannie Walters. Yes, that's true. I'm extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you good with the, the chopping knives and all that? Uh, my husband is definitely more of the cook in the house, but I've gotten better. But I would never claim to be worthy of those titles that you just gave me. Well, based on my experience at your house, it was a uh, takeout. So yeah, deliver, delivery. <laughs> it so. was. Yes. That was, so, a, that was an exceptional situation though. Let's, <laughs> uh, you know, play like a champion. No excuses. I'm just saying it. <laughs> yes, so, Judy, do we have a sponsor message today? I believe we do. Join us each month for an informative customer experience webinar after hosting webinars and courses for Pop Expert, Word of Mouth Marketing Association, and many others, 360 Connect is now offering webinars to our community at no cost. Our next one is coming up soon. Sign up to learn more about how to measure customer experience success, how to write your customer experience mission, and other important and actionable items each month. Easy and free registration at cxwebinar.com. That's cxwebinar.com. And if you'd like to reach our listeners by being a show sponsor, you can go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. Jeannie, I have a question for you. What's that? Do you like to eat out? I do. I do. I, we don't, well, <laughs> we, we do a lot of family dinners when I'm home and I really enjoy those like home. But as you know, we travel a lot and when you're traveling, you tend to go out a lot and I just got back from Medellin, Colombia, and the food there was really delicious, and I ate out every night. So now I'm paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to enjoy eating out. I was, uh, and I had this really bad experience. I was at this restaurant with this uh, colleague of mine, and she said, "Hey, Adam, do you want to start a podcast?" <laughs> and ever since then, I, I don't know. It's just uh, that wasn't blue- really eating out. That was drinking out. <laughs> hey, I was trying to keep it family friendly. <laughs> This was a professional podcast. Uh, yeah. But I think everybody goes out now. I mean, we take the kids out. We go out sometimes after, you know, we have to run and get a bite after soccer practice or something, as well as just we have so many great restaurants here in Chicago. My husband and I like to go explore and and find the new ones. So, Well, that means you are like many, many consumers. And that's what I find interesting. We're going to talk about restaurant customer service today. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I do find interesting is that they are, I mean, everything is an expectations game in customer experience, but mm-hmm. restaurants are the ultimate expectations game because sure. almost everyone has eaten out and mm-hmm. everyone has an idea about what to expect at certain types of restaurants, whether it should be fast or good or the service. And we all come loaded with those pre-expectations. That's why I find restaurants fascinating. And I know you at one point in your life, uh, not oh. that you're not that there, you have many younger years ahead of where you are now, of course. But in your slightly younger years, uh, you worked at a restaurant, correct? I did. It was a terrible restaurant. Um, <laughs> it was a Mexican place in Columbia, Missouri. I won't say the name. Um, it was independent, and it was just awful. I, I, yeah, did not have a great experience, but it taught me so much about being a server and how hard that job is. And how much uh, how much skill it really takes? 
Right. And that's what's interesting about restaurants is there's so many moving parts, but we've got fast casual, fast food, fine dining. And when you go into these things, you've got so many things playing into your expectations. You've got your own past experiences at that restaurant or at their competitor or at that chain. Mm -hmm. You've got whatever marketing they've done. You've got the industry segment, your expectations around, okay, well, it has a drive through that means speed. Right. That means I am not here a long time, right? Right. right. <laughs> it, it has white linen tablecloths and candles. That means lots of money and I better mm-hmm. be treated really, really well. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's, and I think the whole fast casual movement that's happened in the last 10, 15 years has been really interesting because people want to sit down and have more than fast food, but they don't necessarily want the white linen experience, especially with their families and things like that. So now that's a huge part, huge segment of the market now. And they don't want to pay for the white linen experience right. also. Exactly. Exactly. Wait, I get to bring in economics. I didn't even know I was going to oh, get to go geez. there. on our- <laughs> <laughs> Ring the bell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what's interesting, you know, you know, I talk about service triggers and all that mm-hmm. with customer service and in restaurants, they're really well established. Mm-hmm. So you already have your triggers. Like you, you have somewhere in your head, I don't know which fast food you go to, but at some point, you know, we all break down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm vegetarian, a little harder for me, but everybody breaks down and goes to the drive-thru. It's a, that kind of day. And you have in your head how fast that drive-thru should be. Right. 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 There, there's a certain point where you start going, okay, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, of course, and then and when you can't see, you're also blaming the restaurant until you get up front and you realize that the person has sent their bags back and forth through the window 44 right. times. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a chain here in Chicago, and it's actually in a few other locations now, like California, called Portillo's. And they're actually known for their customer service. And one of the things they do exceptionally well they have a very long line at the drive-thru during lunch hours, dinner, you know, the rush. And they actually send people out and then they call in the order. So when you pull up, it's ready. And so they have people walking down the line. And mind you, sometimes this is January in Chicago. <laughs> and they bundle up and they walk down the line and you roll down your window and have your order there. so that, And then you pay them. It's all very seamless because by the time you get up, they say, okay, this is yours. If your order has any issue or any problem, they also handle that very well. So they send you off to a certain place and then people walk it out to you. So they really are, um, like even if you see the long line, it's not a deterrent at Portillo's because their their chicken pecan salad is sometimes worth that. And also <laughs> because they are um, so good at it that we know like if we need a fast meal – that isn't, and their their food is also good. It's not always typical fast food. So uh, we've really become fans, and they have huge fans around here because they've thought about that part of the experience so well. Yeah, I, I've got to get some more detail on Portillo's from mm-hmm. you because actually, in one of my workshops, one of the examples I use is an experience I had at a Chick Fil A uh, here in Central Florida. Where the guy, I mean, it's a mess. I won't go mm-hmm. into it now, but basically the parking lot's a mess. And yeah. it's the guy's literally the manager is out there directing traffic uh, mm-hmm. from other people who aren't in the business to make right. his line go through. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. So I said, I've got to find out more about Portillo's. But, you know, what's interesting about restaurant customer service is it has some real special attributes. And it's not that these are super unique, but they really are sort of clear and out front in restaurant customer service. Mm-hmm. One is there are a lot of touch points in a very short window. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. especially when we talk about a sit-down experience. I mean, you may interact with the hostess. 
Uh, somebody, another waiter may take you to your table if the mm-hmm. hostess doesn't. You've got your waiter or waitress. You may have the busboy. You may have various levels of manager, bartender. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm a wine drinker, so we always have to call over the sommelier. And get some recommendations. <laughs> I don't go to restaurants for this. So oh, you're missing out. Look, you're missing living, out. Living the high life in Chicago. <laughs> but it's another experience. And actually, we went to a really nice restaurant years and years ago here in Chicago. And we still talk about how rude the sommelier was. Everything else was perfect. But the sommelier was terrible. Um, and the recommendations weren't terrible. Just the interaction with the sommelier was bad. So we still talk about that. So that's what you're talking about. That was one touch point. It was one interaction in a full evening, like a three-hour event, you know, right. <laughs> and something we had planned and we were really excited about. So that's exactly right. And I don't know if you um, heard about this, but a couple – it must be a couple of months ago now, and I actually wrote a blog about it. We'll put it in there. But – There were some studies about transparency in restaurants, and one of them was done in kind of one of these short order breakfast places, you know, where you order your eggs and bacon and coffee and go on with your day. And by helping the cooks see the customers, what happened was the cooks made a conscious decision not to pre-cook the eggs, because I guess that's very, you know, that's very common. They pre-cook a bunch so they can just send it out. But... They put they installed kind of closed circuit TV into the kitchen so they would look out and see the customer that they were cooking the food for. And the cooks then, without being prompted, made a conscious decision to to cook to order. And they did this because they could see the customer order, they could see the customer experience their food, and it made a huge difference. And okay. then there was another study where when the customers can see the cooks actually preparing their food and what it takes they enjoy the food more, they have better experiences, even if it's not um, anything different with what they would do without them. So transparency can be huge in restaurants. And I think that's why there's a trend now towards open kitchens. And you can really see a lot more of the process. And in some of the really nice restaurants here in Chicago, it's not uncommon after your meal for them to ask, would you like to tour the kitchen? And they take you back there and you see them preparing all the beautiful you know, chopping little carrots into <laughs> flowers and just amazing things. And it really helps you appreciate the whole experience even more. Yeah, I love that. I love the uh, the one direction, which is the cook seeing the customers mm-hmm. and because it makes them human. And how, how much of that do we deal with in customer service and customer experience training? Where you have to humanize a person and people right. in call centers, people, I mean, talk about digital now and you yeah. being on the other end of a digital transaction and seeing that human. Now, on the other hand, I think I would be in the minority. I do not want to see my food cooked. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I, uh, if there's an open kitchen, I make sure my back is to the kitchen. Really? I don't want... So I tell mean, me. I, more about now, that. I Why? Would like, I would like the tour and all, because, well, because it's not always sunny and roses. <laughs> Maybe at, at a nicer restaurant, I'm okay, but yeah. I, you know, when, I, when I'm at like the pancake place, I'm not sure I want to see the food cooked all the time. <laughs> you're better off not knowing. I'm just saying, ignorance well, is right. bliss. That, that's a cliche. It wasn't in our fifty, but yeah, ignorance is bliss sometimes. <laughs> well, and I think I've mentioned this example before, but there's a, a place here in Chicago called Lou Mitchell's, and it does a crazy breakfast business. And they, um, one of the things they do to help the experience is pass out the warm donut holes when you're standing in line. And it's great. It's great because, but they have, it's basically a short order breakfast place and yet they always have a line out the door and it goes to... And that brings us to a great topic, which is you're talking about the donut holes. And we had that whole discussion about the uh, barbecue place in Austin Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and 
one of the things I think that is key in restaurants is it is about managing wait times. And this doesn't matter if you're McDonald's or Morton's. Mm-hmm. Okay, managing wait times is so integral to the customer experience in every restaurant. And that's where those expectations come in. Right. Right. And that's and you know you always know when you have one of those managers that comes by and your waitress or waiter is checking on you regularly, mm-hmm. you're always going to feel like you're getting good service. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you think about if you make a reservation and you show up and they're not prepared for you at all and how infuriating that is. And yet there are some places who say, "Oh, we're so happy you're here. Come over and have a drink at the bar or in this little lobby." And they might not be prepared for you, <laughs> but <Right>. you don't know. <laughs> they know how to handle it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's the service and that's the training. And you, we were talking about those different, all the people you see, could possibly mm-hmm. see in, a, in your restaurant experience. Well, those are all human interactions. Absolutely. Every one of those touch points is a human touch point. And that's why training, you can tell training immediately. It's one of the reasons Chick-fil-A has succeeded so far beyond you know, so many of their competitors, mm-hmm. even being, you know, with one, uh, I don't know, I can't do the math in my head, sorry, uh, 12% of their uh, available hours not available That's to them because they're closed one day a week. Right, right. You know, and they've still been immensely successful. And it's because you can see the training. Mm-hmm. You can see the hiring, the culture, and the training. Yep, absolutely. And I think that's, and, you know, this is this is a very personal experience. But, you know, one of my sons has a tree nut allergy. And Sometimes we go to these local ice cream places and we mention it and you don't really feel like they get it. Like they're still using the scoop that they used on butter pecan in something else. When we go to Culver's, which is a chain, I don't know if they have that down there where you live, but uh, uh-huh. they're out of Wisconsin. They do frozen custard and that's what they're known for. If you mention Trina allergy, um, first of all, they print it on everything. So every order, every receipt has that on it. And you can tell how careful they are about it. And so as a parent, that's something that they've clearly dealt with. They understand. They, they're they not only doing it right, but they're showing me that they're doing it right. And that's where that transparency comes in again. They have good customer experience and good lawyers, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's serious. Uh, my wife has an allergy and mm-hmm. uh, you know, food allergy. And it's something that really has to be it, – it's a serious issue. I it mean, is. It can, it's deadly and potentially mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And – that's a training issue because you're at the ice cream shop. I'm going to make a guess here that, um, you know, you're, the people serving you are 16, 17, Sometimes, maybe 19, yeah, yeah. a lot of the times, right? And they have to be trained. Yep. They have yep. to understand that this is a serious thing. If they don't have somebody in their family or a close friend with a serious allergy, they don't understand. Right, right. It's very true. So a lot of this comes back to training. It truly does. And that's because one of the things with restaurants is there's – there are zero ba- switching costs almost ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. It is so easy to just get food elsewhere. Right. And I would say, I mean, other than a really extreme bad experience, you can be a loyal customer for 20 years of a restaurant. It really takes two bad experiences for you to move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you'll, well, get, you'll, get, you'll give them a pass on one mm-hmm. if you're loyal. And two, you're going to really, a lot of, in many cases, most people are going to start looking. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's so much choice now, and it is a very difficult business to be successful in. I mean, it's hard to make a restaurant work, and I think a lot of that is because people are willing to try it, and then if they're not really pleased, it's 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 easy just to go next door. 
<laughs> right. Get something else. <laughs> and it's what's cool is it's almost a 50-50 business in a lot of cases, which mm-hmm. is the product and the service are almost equal to your experience. Not it, 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 it differs with the model and type of restaurant, but either one can really sink it. A bad, the bad food can sink the experience, and bad service can sink the experience. Now, the one difference is good food cannot make up for bad service. Good service can sometimes make up for bad food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I think, you know, when it comes right down to it, knowing what that service is, so knowing what the expectations are that you've set, and then training to exceed those just a little can go a long way. It's like exactly. it's like what Peter Shankman tells us, right? Like the zombies. A, a little better, a little better than the norm, and it can go a long way. Well, you know what I've taken away from this, Jeannie? Are you hungry? There, I've taken away, <laughs> yes, number one. Number two, I've taken away that there is a lot of good food in Chicago. and oh, so good. You probably owe me because I don't remember I do. you taking me to any of this. Okay, I was let the record reflect. I was going to take you <laughs> to a really good place. And then we had a terrible storm. And then my husband couldn't get in from where he was coming. So you end up coming to my house and having pizza with my kids. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think I was doing laundry at the same time. It was really a great night in Chicago. <laughs> like I said, I believe you owe me now. <laughs> <laughs> next time, next time. Okay, well, on that exceptionally too much information personal note, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed episode 65 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all of our episodes. Also, subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Sign up for customer experience webinars at cxwebinar.com and find my TEDx video and more at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Deport. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and my book, Be Your Customer's Hero, at CustomersThatStick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.